Hi folks, a couple of announcements before we get started. We are now coming out with monthly episodes that are exclusive for Patreon supporters. We'll be coming out with one episode per month for them. For the $5 per episode tier, you will receive these exclusive episodes. And for the $10 per episode tier, you will also receive access to our Slack group where members can post hand histories and strategy questions that Jack and I will provide feedback on. You can find a link to our Patreon in the show notes. Additionally, I'm holding an event coming up on Wednesday, June 16th at 7 p.m., Just Hands Live. Listeners can join us on YouTube to discuss hands and poker strategy with me, and the link to that, if you're catching this in time, will also be in the show notes. All right, thanks very much. That's all from us for now, and enjoy the episode. Hello, James. Hello, Jack. Well, it wasn't the episode didn't come out last week, but I think this is the first time we are back on the mic together after we had Zach back on the show. Uh, it was good to have Zach, but you know, I gotta say, I missed you. Yeah, a little shade was thrown. Yeah, well, I think it was mostly from from him, but it's uh, it's all in jest, of course. And I think next time we have him, it'll be the three of us rather than the two of us. Uh, and so I look forward to that. Yeah, I can uh, let him know how he's going to win that hand by floating with the pocket 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was an interesting, uh, it was an interesting spot. Well, let's not, let's not focus on old hands. Let's talk some new hands. New hands today, we've got a good one from someone who's been associated with Just Hands for a very long time. This is from Young Man Coffee who is our editor, uh, our audio editor, and who was an early guest on the show. Um, maybe we'll link that in the show notes if you want to get a real throwback, an episode from probably almost four years ago, which is pretty weird. But this is from Young Man Coffee, and it's from an online game, a small site geared towards private groups in a small player pool. So maybe something of the sort of poker two variety. And the format is a one-two PLO mix, $500 max buy-in, fun game, love No Limit Hold'em PLO mix. Uh, I think it's the best form. I think PLO by itself can be a little bit boring. Why is it boring? Some people, I mean, some people really enjoy the action of PLO, but I think that uh, the hands are just really slow. So I find it, I can find it a little bit boring by itself, but I think the mix is really the sweet spot. Anyways, this hand took place online. Player pool in these one-two games is small, and everyone has generally played with each other before, some on a daily basis. Chat is friendly and active, and both the atmosphere and level of play resemble a live game. All right. Makes sense. So let's learn about the relevant players in the hand. Two players are currently sitting out, so we're seven-handed. Hero is the cutoff uh, with ace-10 of diamonds and $847. Hijack is an extremely loose player with 341 this player is very volatile, has been known to call down extremely lightly, isn't afraid to run massive bluffs, and will turn random hands into bluffs. He changes the dynamic of the games he's in, everyone knows him, and his tendency to 3-bet light and call a very high percentage of 3-bets causes other players to play more loosely and call 3-bet much lighter. I also don't have a great grasp of his 4-bet range, 
But I suspect it leans more towards value. Those four bet value ranges probably a bit wider than the normal player's four bet value range. In a previous hand, in a different session, we got it in pre for 400 big blinds each, uh, heroes ace king versus ace queen offsuit. Button is a standard tight reg with $435 who probably skews more towards playing value. I compare this player to an average winning live reg. In this lineup with hijack, he probably plays a wider range preflop to get more involved with hijack. Hero's image is unclear despite playing many uh, of these players, including hijacked on a semi-daily basis. I'm not sure if other players think I'm a winner or a loser, but I've got caught running large bluffs before, including bluffs against hijack. Likely not viewed as a loose player, probably not considered a tight player either. If you ask players at the table to rank the lineup in terms of skill, I expect them to put me somewhere between third and fifth. All right. Good descriptions. And I think, you know, it's interesting in that sometimes... If you're perceived to be the best player, that's not always a good thing. It can be a good thing in the sense that you induce fear. But I think if you're really elite, then it'll take a while before people realize how good you are because you're doing things that they think are strange. Uh, and so I'm not sure if that plays a part in how they're ranking a hero here, but I don't think it necessarily means that or the, that actually can be representative of a higher ranking in terms of skill and knowing in my coffee. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. So James, any, any thoughts here before we dive into the hand? I think we want to be playing pots against hijack. Sounds like he's going to be playing a pretty wide range. And so, yeah, we should, I'd be willing to widen my range um, against that player, maybe introduce some more three bets. Just be, yeah, I'd just be looking to play more pots with them. Um, considering like they got it in for ace queen for 400 big blinds. Yeah, I, I definitely take note of that. For sure. And one other thing to pay attention to in these spots is are players taking a very three bet heavy approach or a call heavy approach uh, versus player? So, if it's a very three-bet heavy approach, then I think we have some incentive to put in some back raises here and have a, especially not necessarily hijack versus cutoff, but you know, we're, since we have position on him, when we're in earlier position, going ahead and putting in some flats, expecting that players are going to try and isolate through three bets. Uh, and then potentially we have a really advantageous spot with an uncapped range facing a three-bet from some wide range and then a call from you know, this player's relatively wide range. So something to consider here, I think we're probably just three betting fairly frequently when we continue in this pot uh, facing a hijack open. Recapping stacks, hijack has $341. Hero has 400, or sorry, 847 in the cutoff and the button has $435. Under the gun limps, hijack raises to nine. And here is in the cutoff with ace ten of diamonds. What do you feel like? Uh, what do you feel like doing here, James? I'm happy to call with this type of hand. Um, I think we dominate a lot of tens here by going for the call, and we don't really any get get any um, better aces to fold. Um, I mean, obviously, it plays fine as a three bet as well, but I would lean towards flat here. I'd also consider if hijack is perceived to be super laggy, 
it's more likely that the under the gun player would be limping uncapped. So that could dissuade us from, that'd probably dissuade us from three betting as we probably have to fold to that four bet from under the gun there. Um, and like, maybe we can call if they three bet, but overall we're just, we're putting in like less money if that range is uncapped. Yeah, I think that's a really important factor. That limp is super crucial here. And I agree with you in terms of flat, if that range uh, is a little menacing. I think if it's not, then there's more of a case for a three bet, just because I do think we get a lot of dominated hands to call um, from hijack. We might get some of the hands that are doing very well against us to four bet, and we can just fold most likely. There's some value there. Or it's not, you know, there's some clarity there, which is yeah. useful. And we will secure being last to act much more frequently by three betting than calling. Since if we just call, I think button will come along fairly frequently, probably at least like 30%, if not more like 40% of the time. I was going to say a nice, another thing I didn't mention, a nice thing about calling is we get some other suited hands um, that are our suits to make worse flushes against us. And we have a lot of implied odds against those hands. So we might get like button or small blind to come along with 10, seven suited or something like that. Maybe not with the under the gun behind, but um, I think, I think we will get more worse flushes in that situation. Yeah, that makes sense to me. What I'll say is that, you know, we're not, so deep. I mean, depth matters there. Where, you know, if uh, we have 847, and so if a lot of the players are very deep, and then we have more of an incentive to call. Uh, and if, you know, hijack is only 341 deep, button is only 435 deep, but we don't know how deep under the gun is. So the less value there is to like overflushing someone, uh, which, you know, increases severely uh, when we're deeper, then I think there's more of an incentive to just press equity now. But yeah, you can't really go wrong here. I don't mind call. I don't mind three bets. I think both are very defensible. And so Hero decides to call, and I think that's that's a good play. Button also calls. Small blind also calls. Unfocal calls. And I think, um, you know, if, the, if there's that many people calling, then it sort of suggests that keeping in these worst suit hands, there probably is a good amount of value there. So Hero writes, I consider three betting. Pros, higher chance I have position in the hand. I get called by worse from hijack. Higher chance of going heads up in position versus hijack. Cons, decent chance to get cold called anyway, especially from button in this lineup. If I get four bet from another player, I'll likely need to fold. If hijack four bets, I may need to fold unless he size is small, which is unlikely. I think that's pretty much in line with what we said. Uh, calling. Pros are a highest pair with weak player in the hand. Other players call with dominated hands. Button can still fold. The player in the blinds, three bets and hijack calls, I can still call. Cons, button calls a different percentage of the time. Button can three bet. Blinds can three bet to a very large sizing. Yeah, I think you you can defend against a lot of three bets in position. You're, you're a little under-repped, I would say. Or at least you're, you're towards the top of your range that calls. And yeah, I think this is pretty spot on with what we were saying. And I, I do think the fact that you expect button to call the three bet more frequently 
is a reason to three bet a little bit less actually. So like if we can get ace jack offsuit to fold, we have a much larger incentive to three bet than if that will just cold call us or even four bet us. And so I think call is making a lot of sense. But here are rights at the time I thought it was a close decision and opted to call, but can be swayed either way. All right, out of the flop. Six of hearts, jack of diamonds, ten of clubs. We have ace, ten of diamonds, so we flop middle pair. We flop a backdoor nut flush draw and a backdoor straight draw. Checks to hijack, who bets $22. 22 into 55. 22 into 45, and we are five ways. Okay. This is a close spot. Again, I don't mind fold, to be honest, because I think someone will have a jack a fair percentage here. Also, like when we turn that ace, like everyone can have king-queen as played. So we'll have to be very careful there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, with the nut flush draw, like, um, or the backdoor nut flush draw, that makes me want to call more. I guess it would also depend how often, how aggressive is this game? How often are people going to be raising their jacks if we call here? I don't think our flush draw is very valuable here. Here's sort of why. I mean, if we hit our, if we call and like make a flush or raise, make a flush, great. Okay, that's obviously a good thing. But I think it would be a better spot if the jack wasn't a diamond. The jack is a diamond, so six of hearts, jack of diamonds, ten of clubs. Which means when we call, there's really not very many diamonds that clearly will also call. King nine, king queen, eight nine, queen nine, nine seven of diamonds. Those are all hands that they can call, but they also might raise, which is puts us in a very difficult situation. Six X of diamonds maybe calls, but the hands, you know, we really want people to be able to have hands like Jack X of, X of diamonds, which are the sort of most likely calls that are also likely to kind of stick around on turn diamonds. I mean, I think a lot of those diamond draws are going to stick around on turn diamonds. Maybe it's a more marginal point than I originally thought, but I do think the, you know, for us, the jacking a diamond is slightly better. You know, there's just, there's just so many hands that can call or raise from these other players, which we really don't want to call or raise such that I kind of think we're more in like raise fold territory here. And that, that really kind of reduces the value of our flush draw other than just sort of like back to our equity, not really an implied odds kind of. To, to the same degree, not really implied odds kind of situation. What do you think about? What do you think about raising? I think the the range that people are calling with pre flop is going to be fairly jack heavy, and I don't I don't necessarily like I'm not in the business of trying to get someone to fold. Uh, top pair here in this game, especially like with this hijack opponent. I don't think hijack will fold, but do you think other players will call all their jacks? N- not necessarily. I I think it's higher variance. 
for sure. I'm I'm not sold on the profit, like the that it's plus EV to raise this spot here. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's marginal, and it is increasing your variance by a lot. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think the one of the really big problems is that we can't really get king queen to fold two overcards and an open ended straight draw on this good of a board. I just don't don't think that hand can really fold, even if we raise. Um, especially not from button, like maybe from the out of position players, they could fold, but I, I just don't really see it happening. And so we're in a tough spot where we, it's hard to get better to fold and it's hard to deny like significant equity. Same thing with queen nine, really. I think that's a, another hand that's hard to get to fold. We can hit a 10, which is nice, but we're not guaranteed to have the best hand. And I also think if we raise, it's hard to you know, there's not that many tens for us to stack um, once we raise. So I kind of lean towards fold. And I think it's just a matter of like, our implied odds aren't great. Uh, We have some reverse implied odds. It's hard for us to improve. You know, so basically it's hard for us to improve in a way where we can actually win any kind of meaningful pot. And I think that we can just get squeezed offer equity through calling somewhat frequently by like a strong jack or the various open-ended straight draws that exist on this board. Very exciting. Very exciting. Advocating, advocating a fold here with <laughs> facing a half pot bet with second pair top kicker. It's a tricky hand so far because I think you can justify a lot of different things. But yeah, five ways, I think I probably just fold here. Yeah, it would be a different story if it was ace-nine suited on a 10-9-5 board where we can smash an ace that's a really, really valuable card for us. Here, it's just not quite as valuable. Okay, Hero writes, another spot where I considered putting in a raise. The pros of the raise are everyone folds and I win the hand sometimes. Or I can isolate hijack and still call up with a wide range of hands, which includes 10x and draws. Cons are... Hero gets re-raised by calling by button sometimes. Hijack and jam with an unclear range. Bad turn cards benefit for hands that will raise a sorry that will call a raise anyway. King queen ace queen ace king queen nine nine eight. So equity denial doesn't appear to be a huge benefit. Yeah, and I think because you have a ten, there's just more jacks than there are tens. So I think that's a big problem for you um, raising in this spot. Calling also, I mean, hijack is loose, but he is betting into five players. Uh, so he probably has something reasonable. It's not a guarantee, but you know, is this ace deuce of diamonds? That's pretty unlikely. I mean, that's impossible, but is the ace deuce of hearts? That's also, I would say pretty unlikely calling hero writes the pros are button can fold. Uh, let's hijack continue to bet with a wide range while I'm in position. Ace or 10 can improve some of hijack's hands that are dominated by my better trips or two pair cons are button calls. Not designing any equity, button can raise and force me to fold the best hand. Opted to call, but again, can be swayed either way. Yeah, so I think in this spot, you're you're focusing too much on one button and hijack and not necessarily adequately considering under the gun and small blind. And the other thing is that I just don't, 
it doesn't look like you really considered fold. And so by not considering fold, you sort of were choosing between two options, which neither of them seemed that great. And I think folding might actually end up being the best play here. Any other thoughts on the flop, James? I would just say there are certain small things that could make this a call. Like maybe if there were one fewer player in the hand, we can make the argument for a call a bit more. Or if the formation were different, um, if you were acting last on the button, then it can lean it a bit more towards call. But yeah, the the particular formation and with this many players, fold seems best to me. Yeah, we're in the worst relative position and we're not in good absolute position. And yeah, that's that makes this tough this spot really tough. And it's another thing to sort of consider pre-flop. It adds some merit towards three betting in that when we call, we are expecting it to go multi-way where we have the worst relative position whenever hijacks C bets. And so that, that makes things tricky. Anyways, Hero opted to call, but again, uh, he can be sweet, he can be swayed either way. The button also called and the others folded. The turn is pretty damn ugly. The nine of spades, six of hearts, jack of diamonds, ten of clubs, nine of spades. The hijack checks. And Hero is considering betting or checking. Do you think there's any case for betting? I think check makes the most sense here. The the button is going to have a lot of jack X and probably 16 combos of king-queen. Maybe a little bit less. Like Maybe sometimes they three-bet that hand. but They could also raise it. Yeah, they could also, yeah, that's a good point. They could raise it on the flop there. So maybe a little bit less king-queen than I initially thought. Yeah, I think I think they will be pretty jack-x-dense, though, here as well. I'm trying to think what other hand they could even call with um, in this situation. 8-9, queen-9, perhaps. We can get some value versus, like, the queen-10s. King tens, queen nines, king nine, nine eights of the world. But we also don't know that those will just flat. And I, I think neither player is uncapped. Like I think hijack can check raise a straight here. It's a pretty safe board for a straight. And also I think hijack probably retains like two pair in sets here. Yeah, I think it's just don't have quite enough equity to bet, and I think our ability to deny equity is still pretty limited. Um, and there's just a lot of, yeah, there's just so much jack X and uncapped, there's just very strong hands that we're dead against that I would not raise, or I would not bet. I think I would just check. Hero writes that the pros of betting are win the pot now, force button to fold and go heads up when hijack calls with the worst hand to get value from draws. And those are things that can happen that are good, but yeah, I, I just don't think you win the pot now very frequently at all. Hijack, the cons are hijack still retains some king-queen, can check-raise, but can have king-queen, queen-eight, uh, which is a good point, queen-eight. Ten-nine, eight-seven, doesn't seem like you can deny all that much equity. Yeah, and I, I, to be honest, I sort of forgot about some of those um, other combos that not beat you. So yeah, I think it's getting really ugly for betting. 
checking the pros are keep this pot smaller if everyone checks. I can't get check raised. Keep ranges as wide as possible. While I have a bluff catcher, let hijack bluff river if it checks around on the turn. Cons are button can bet, but don't get value from worse hands. Can't win the pot now. I think checking clearly better. I also, I'm not checking thinking that we're going to do very much river bluff catching. Um, I'm, I, I think we are going to lose this pot almost always uh, unless we improve. So check through. Three ways to the river, 111 in the pot. We get the four of spades, the so final board, six of hearts, jack of diamonds, 10 of clubs, nine of spades, four of spades. We have ace, 10 of diamonds. Hijack bets $74 into 111. So let's talk first about what that button check means. Yeah. It's probably far fewer. There's probably not really any straights left in that range. Yes. It's pretty tricky. And I think just unlike most players to check back like straight like seven, eight, it's not an absolutely crazy play in my opinion, but uh, I just don't think it's done very often and for good reason. So, you know, could, could that player have two pair? Yeah, it's possible. Could they have a set? Pretty unlikely. Not, you know, I, I think that's pretty darn unlikely. So it's probably a lot of like 10x, jack x, 9x, those sorts of hands. You think they're calling some 10x facing a bet and a call on the flop? On the button, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be crazy. I mean, yeah. it sounds like this player sort of gets people to loosen up. It's like a queen 10 of hearts, that kind of thing. Anyway, so hijack at $74. So we have to kind of balance like two things. One is how often are we ahead of hijack? And two, how often when we call and we're ahead of hijack does button fold? And we could probably consider these independently. So what are hands that button might have do you, that you think could call like a hijack bet in our call? Not too many, to be honest. I think ace-jack, king-jack may call, but Maybe. that's probably about it. And those hands could find a fold. I think they probably would. I don't think Button retains many two pair. I think he could. I think 10-9 yeah. suited, or even 10-9 offsuit. He's not totally out of the question. Same with Jack-9. It's not totally out of the question. Yeah, I think there could be some two pair. I think those are the more likely hands to call. But I think that range is probably folding like somewhere between 80 and 90% of the time. So that means we probably have to be ahead of hijack. Well, typically we would have to be ahead like 30% of the time to call. And so now we will have to be ahead like, um, what, uh, like 35% of the time. It's, I don't know if my math is exactly right there, but I think that's in the ballpark of how often we need to have the best hand versus hijack to call. Something on the order of like 35. Yeah. Um, Might be the, 37 or something. Yeah, some, yeah something in that Plus neighborhood. Enough. So I think this really depends a lot on hijack's profile. Is hijack the type of player who does a lot of checking with strong hands or no? Like would hijack check seven, eight, eight or queen, eight sets, two pairs, king, queen, all these hands, which 
are clearly in high dex range on the turn, do those check. It's really important because obviously there's a lot of not very good hands to check. And so the question is how many good hands check. And to me, that's the thing I'd be focusing on here because I do think call is in play. It's such a, it's such a bricky river that I think we can potentially find a, a good call here. So how loose is hijack? Like how much crap does he have? Does he have 6x? Does he have a lot of 10x? Does he have, will he bluff with 9x? What are the worst hands he'll bet on the flop? Ace-king, ace-queen, do those hands bet and then check the turn? These are the things that we have to think about. So James, what are you, you know, you're crunching the numbers. What do you think is the best thing to do here? Yeah, I, I agree about thinking about what that checking range on the turn is, is what it comes down to. And I also think the c-betting range on the flop. Some players will c-bet ace-king and ace-queen in that spot. If the hijack has a pretty high um, c-bet frequency, then it leans me more towards call here in this spot. Yeah, I... I think we can call. Um, I don't think it's yeah. I don't think it's making very much money at all, and it's it's another close spot. Yeah, that makes sense to me. There's also a little bit of like a, I don't know exactly how revealing hands looks in this spot, um, but I think there is some EV to making this call if you don't have to show when you lose, because I think it's going to look like a pre lose call. And it's a spot where you might call and then button folds a better hand. And so I think just in terms of like establishing dominance, this call has some sort of like subsequent EV, which is particularly useful in like a home game where, you know, if, if you can make it so that without being a calling station, people are afraid to bluff you, that's good. And I think this is an opportunity to do that. There. Yeah. You're, you're, I don't want to advise you, uh, young man coffee, on this spot, really, because you just know this player better. You, you're going to know the sort of little tendencies that Hijack has pre-flop, flop, and turn, which kind of dictate what their range actually looks like here and whether or not they would bet this spot. So I don't feel like I have much to offer. Here it does call. Button folds. Uh, or I actually don't know the button. Yeah, button does fold. But Hero, this is Hero's reasoning for calling, which I'll defer to. Here opted to call here for a few reasons. First, hijack is very capable of bluffing here and may even bluff too much. That'd be sort of a prerequisite, I would say. Hero figures that his hand is good a high percentage of the time versus hijack. Second, it's unlikely the button has a better hand that he'll call with. Possible he can check back the turn with a straight. We'll put in a raise here. But even hands like jack x, jack 10, jack 9, 10, 9, 8, 7 seem more likely to bet turn. I don't know if I agree about Jack X, but I also think that, that hand might fold. Um, yeah, I think you're overrating your hand in general. That's like my, just based on how you're talking about things and the line you took, I think you're overrating Ace 10. But I still think that this can be a good river call because neither player has very many strong hands that can actually win. Like I think Button can have plenty of hands that beat you, but not very many hands that beat you and can call a bet and call. If button is a huge station, we should not call here because I think they'll be calling with 
like queen jack, king jack, ace jack. Yeah, but we we got the description that button is a standard tight reg. So okay, yeah. So I think we're we're pretty good on that front. And I think it's good that you you're considering the fact that a villain can check back a straight. You know, it's a rainbow board, so that's that's an issue for you here. But you you'll know these players better in terms of can they take that sort of uh, riskier line trying to get a bigger payday. So Hero continues, the risk is that the button can know both hijack and I have somewhat wide ranges and can make highly exploitative raids with almost anything and win the pot he's turns at the time. Yeah, I just don't think that'll happen. I guess the question is, how often does a player like this recognize that? My hunch is not as often as he should. And to be honest, I just, yeah, I don't think it's actually like a very good spot because I think uh, hijack's range is too strong. Yeah, uh, hijack can still have straights. Is the problem so button can't really raise with impunity there? Yeah, and if button like is hijack really going to think button just like has a straight and fold, you know, ten nine? I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that that was so likely. You know, in is the actual EV of that spot good based on the assumptions that you're making? That might be true, but I just don't think. Uh, I don't think that it's it's obvious enough or even necessarily true that it's a good spot for button to raise with impunity. So I would be more worried about how often does hijack retain strong hands on the turn and what, how wide is his C-bet range to begin with? That's what I would be worried about. Yeah. Also that's a tough play to make even in the right situation, raising the river, facing a bet and a call is a bluff. That's um, not many players will have that in their tool bag. I think part of the reason is that, like it's a spot where you just get paid a lot, yeah. With a straight, exactly. like if you check back king queen and face a bet and a call and you raise, it's like, I think hijack just be like, well, what the hell? I guess I call. Seems like I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's a. Maybe I should be making that play more. Um. But yeah, I don't. I wouldn't be too worried about it relative to just hijack's range. So button does fold, and what do you think hijack had? Ace queen. I do think this is, and I'm sure uh, Young Man Coffee would send us a hand where he lost, but I don't know. Something, something about this spot makes me think that this hand, if, if it was just king-queen, we wouldn't be seeing this hand. Uh, just because, <laughs> I don't know, it, just, it would seem less fun. Um, yeah. Hijack had 6-3 of clubs, not a very good hand, bottom pair. And so, yeah, if, the more we're going to see this, then the better the call becomes. I also think it's a sign that we should maybe be three betting. Um, <laughs> I like that you asked me to guess. <laughs> yeah, what my hand was. <laughs> I didn't expect you to guess correctly. <laughs> but I think Ace Queen was a good guess. I think King Queen is like the hand that, if I just heard that this was a hand that happened somehow, like without it actually being reported to me, I would say King Queen is probably the most likely hand. If you're watching it at the table. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's not a good call. All right. So tricky hand, very tricky hand. Uh, I think I think you can probably get away on the flop, and otherwise I like the line. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, and don't uh, – I'm sure the analysis was in part just because uh, for, for time's sake uh, and because you're writing to the show and you know that those players fold on the flop. But just to everyone who's sitting – in these multi-way spots where there's like one player who's driving the action, 
don't forget about the other players in the hand. Just don't do it. Just don't forget about them because they're still there and they, they have two cards and that matters. So uh, that's my general advice to everyone who's yeah. listening. That's a, that's a really common thing that I'll hear from players as well. All the time. Kind of, they're blindsided by like, oh, and there's someone else in the hand and they raise. Um, I think it's an easy shortcut to make and one that we want to avoid making because it's not, it's not very useful for us. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us and we will talk to you again next week. Bye, everyone. <laughs>